the Koi Gig part on Off The Ball. You do get tired of winning. People say, oh, you never get tired. You do. You get tired of winning. You get tired of winning easily. You actually want competition in the end. You want to have to work Subscribe for it. Subscribe to the feed in the OTB Sports app now. OTB AM with Gillette Labs. Get the ultimate shave or your money back. Neon Night Edition available now. Hi, Royce. Maddie Taylor. I can see him getting his car. I've decided to go to Bolton. I'm waving and going out the car. Man. Just love moving teams and then you have to do an initiation. They just don't seem to be able to get deals over the line. Who is going to be getting deals over the line? Phil Egan, good morning to you. How are you? How are you doing, lads? The uh, general state of the transfer window. Uh, I saw somebody said it's officially open today. What does that mean? Cause it's, it uh, opens, yeah. It's been... It's been shut because it's slammed shut. Obviously, the last time it closed. Why so the fourteenth? It's a random date opening, is it? Yeah, I mean, I, I don't think there's any reason for it. They just pick a date. But mm. um, I always think that it's not really when it opens. It's all about when it closes. I think the fact that remember they tried to they tried it one season where they tried to finish it up before a bit earlier, but mm. because it was for this the Premier League, for example, it wasn't in line with the rest of Europe, so it actually created more problems yeah. and. Clubs were missing out on players because those later deals actually players went to other clubs around Europe. But yeah, like deals have already been done, but I suppose now it's going to start getting even more mm. um, ridiculous, is what I would say. Okay, and sorry, uh, I don't mean to put you on the spot here, but when did it actually close? I would imagine it's the end of August. August. Okay, yeah. okay, okay. Uh, it's not because it, there was uh, summer transfer window opens. Oh no, summer transfer window will close in England at eleven p.m. Friday, September the first. So um, yeah, Europe's top five leagues also the same date. Yeah, That's good. So there wa- that wasn't the case a few years ago. They tried. I said that they tried. It didn't. Mm. They were trying to get go. it to the end of the to the start of the season. Yeah, and then there was a couple of weeks where no one really knew what was going on or, or how it was going to work after that. So okay, uh, I. It is officially open today, and uh, it's opened with a big fish, the biggest fish in world football, Kylian Mbappe, who will be out of contract at the end of next season and will be available to leave Paris Saint-Germain for free and so therefore pocket all the cash that <coughs> the club would get. Uh, he wrote to them and said, I'm not going to be taking up your kind offer of a, an extra year on that contract, so I'm going to play for you until the end of next season and then I'll leave on a free transfer. And they were like, well, we will see about that. So... What's going to happen here? Well, this is this this deal, or if it if it goes through or not, could have a serious knock-on effect of what happens around the rest of Europe in terms of obviously Real Madrid need a striker. Mm. Now, saying that, is Mbappe a striker? He would kind of play in the Vinicius role, right? That's that's the thing. I mean, and Vinicius is pretty good. Um, now, if Vinicius decided to leave Spain, I think we could all understand why, given the horrible time he's had yeah. the last few years all the racial abuse and you know he keeps going out on the pitch and he keeps producing these excellent performances uh, so Vinicius and Mbappe could they play in the same team of course they could because they're quality operators but um, if a deal was to go through for Real Madrid to get Mbappe then I suppose if you're Daniel Levy then Tottenham because Harry Kane's been linked with a move to Real Madrid and if you're Tottenham you'd have no problem selling to Real Madrid mm. uh, as opposed to one of your Premier League rivals which he is always linked with Manchester United so if the Mbappe deal goes through as well then you know that's Real signing Mbappe and Jude Bellingham that's a lot of money to to pay over the summer does that mean they have to let a player go mm. 
what position is that player in? It comes back to maybe is it Vinicius? If two things happen, if Kane does go to Madrid and Sheikh Yassim wins the takeover of Manchester United, like is Mbappe to Old Trafford a, a, a serious possibility or is that a, is that pie in the sky? Well, it's uh, something that you would see a lot of talk about and I already have seen it. And mm. that's why transfers just circulate such excitement from football fans. Just even the prospect of that gets United yeah. fans excited. Just and the thought of Mbappe in the Premier League, generally speaking, is yeah. exciting. Say you wanted to you know, win over the slightly reluctant Manchester United fans to rally behind your takeover of the club, even though there might be some questionable issues around... Uh, human rights and all those kind of things that football fans are sometimes care about and sometimes don't depending on uh, who's asking the question would you uh, perhaps leak that the greatest footballer in the world might be the first signing that you make if you were to take over um, could soften the blow couldn't it there's a little yeah. bit of free public relations advice well Cristiano Ronaldo was a PR signing for United fans yeah but that's head. a I mean Mbappe's 24 and yeah that's a massive still has his best football ahead of him we would we would assume and speaks perfect perfect English as well yeah like these I, things count in, in terms of Harry Kane I, I've always felt though he doesn't want to leave the Premier League I think he wants that record he wants to be the Premier League's all time yeah. leading scorer and well we we did discuss this uh, just recently on the show and the point was made that he could easily do two seasons at Real Madrid mm. and then come back to anybody in the Premier League and score the remaining 25 goals over three or four years because Harry Kane's game's not really based on pace. No, well, we've seen in the last few seasons that you know he kind of has no problem with drawing from attacks and being a playmaker as well. But and could yeah. he play as long as Sheringham if he wanted? If there was a record there to be chased, he probably could. Sheringham still looks like he could play, by the way. Yeah. I saw a video of him there during the week. <laughs> but, yeah, it's... I said, the Mbappe thing, look, I mean, it might just go through the whole summer of will he, won't he, and then he actually does stay at PSG, and then he plays out a season. But one thing that is quite certain is PSG's trying to... Uh, attempt to try and win the Champions League with all these superstars hasn't worked and they're actually further away from it than they have been for a while they got to the final a few years ago but even that final was when there was the mini tournament mm. during Covid and they were playing one-off games and you know they, they could have won it but but they didn't and uh, Messi's gone talk that Neymar is going to go imagine they lost those three in the, the space of if, a few if, weeks yeah if if um, I think they're going to get Marco Asensio aren't they he, um, so like they'll still have a glittering array of attacking talent yeah and I can also see a situation where they just decide to keep Mbappe for one more season hope that they can turn the situation around in terms of him and his contract but it does look like at that stage the right thing for him to do would be to go to Real Madrid so what over on balance on the you know rate out of 10 where's Kylian Mbappe playing next season is it most likely Spain and obviously in that case it would have to be Real Madrid yeah I, well I think if he does go it's going to be to Real Madrid mm. but I just don't know if he will go uh, like this is the thing about transfers and, and reports and speculation that we don't really know what's going on and we don't know why all this has come out in the last few days um, I mean there was a like Mbappe saying I told you that last summer that that was going to be the case so it's it's all about who has the the position of power mm. and you know representatives will you know throw things out there as well so it's it's become a big soap opera and as I said people love it 
<laughs> I mean, between now and the 1st of September, you know, people will be just going through all sorts of different emotions because their club is linked to a player and they think this might happen and then it gets pulled at the last minute but then we find out actually it was never going to happen Yeah, but it's it's good for certain players to be linked with certain clubs and it's good for certain clubs to be linked with certain players One that has happened is Alexis McAllister to Liverpool I saw an interesting comment from Jimmy Carragher yesterday where he was saying look he, he has everything he can play in different positions Alexis McAllister the one thing is a lot of these great players that have left Brighton have maybe struggled after they've left Brighton and that could be down to just how good the system is at Brighton and Deserby and, and Potter before then is there any danger of that happening with, with McAllister or is he just too good to not be a success well no I mean he's just, look, he's a World Cup winner he's at that age of 24 which Liverpool like and you know just that kind of the way you described what happens with players that leave Brighton you could say something similar of players that leave Liverpool mm. the Klopp's players where they go somewhere else and it doesn't work out for them but he has all the attributes to, to be a success in the Liverpool team and I think what you'll see with Liverpool is and they've, they've tried to do it is be more of a, a technical have more technical ability in midfield where you know, there's, there's, we we saw when they lost the ball last season how exposed they were. But obviously, if you have a better technical ability in midfield, you're not going to lose the ball as often as as they were. And I, I think you would imagine he's going to play in one of those more advanced roles. And then they they still need bodies in there. They need energy where they need players that you know if they do lose the ball, they can get it back for you straight away. And and by the way, he does that as well. He's straight into the team sheet as well. Like, there's no, he's not a, a a player that comes in and out of the team. Like Klopp doesn't tend to do that too often. If he, if he likes a player, he plays him. Yeah, but what Klopp does do is he gives a few months to kind of work out the system and how to play. And it can frustrate Liverpool fans at times where they look at this player and they think, why haven't they played? Mm. Did it with Fabinho. And all of a sudden then he came in. So it's... Uh, no, I think they need... I've always felt they needed at least three midfielders so they have one it'll be interesting to see what they do in terms of defence they need another centre half do they go with a right back Calvin Ramsey's going on loan to Preston he played 93 minutes in total last season due to injuries so will they go after another right back because they want to push Trent Alexander-Arnold on they can use Trent Alexander-Arnold in both positions if they want they can use him in that hybrid role where yeah, or they could actually maybe start him as a midfielder said I had my doubts whether he'd be good enough to play as one of the three midfielders but certainly the the glimpses it's a short it's a small sample size that we saw towards the end of the season he looks like he could do it just it just reinvigorated him mm. so um, but if, if he has to play in that hybrid role which um, obviously we've seen John Stones do for, for Manchester City that um, Trent Alexander-Arnold has shown that he, he can do it yeah okay um the signing of Declan Rice to Arsenal looks almost like a done deal at this mm. stage. I'd be very surprised if it doesn't happen, given how far down the line and how publicly the uh, whoever's briefing the papers have got to the the deal is agreed, the price is agreed, the personal terms are agreed. There's still some haggling going on about something which we're not quite sure about. Maybe they're waiting for the international window to close and then it becomes a done deal? Yeah, well he is away with the, the England squad at the moment and you know, there was a contrasting 
talk coming out of the the game last week when they when they won the conference league. Then again, Declan Rice is hardly going to say in his post match interview after just lifting the conference league for the for the club that, yeah, that's me done. I'm out of here. <laughs> you know, he has to be respectful in what he says. I mean. Uh, then David Sullivan comes out the next day and said, yeah, we, we told him he can go. It seems like a lot of money. Like, I watched that final last week and oh, it was, you know, you're looking at him and Amrabat going, you can get Amrabat for yeah. half the price. But I know English players, there is a tax added to it. You have to have a certain amount of homegrown players in your squad. We just talked about McAllister there. Another player that had been linked with Liverpool was Mason Mount. Mm. And you'd have to pay twice the amount for Mason Mount than Alexis McAllister. And that's where the transfer market can be skewed. And But again, sometimes huge price tags, they get forgotten about if a player hits the ground running. And Grealish all of a sudden, 100 million, you're like, oh, well, People aren't right. even talking about it. Yeah. They're talking about more about how he had a really good season mm. and... He seems to be enjoying himself off the pitch now for the next for the last few days. But why did he have a good season with Manchester City? He, you know, he, he realised that to play for Pep Guardiola, he was going to have to work his absolute backside off, and and he did it. And I, I actually think back to there was a game when they played Liverpool, where Liverpool were one 0 up in that game, and City go on to win. But Grealish prevents Liverpool from scoring a second goal, and then a couple of minutes later, he's setting up the. The city goal. So yeah, um, yeah. The, the penny dropped with him very quickly. Two uh, of our potential World Cup uh, attendees, uh, Amber Barrett, who I really hope was on the plane just for emotional reasons. I think it would be a crying shame if she doesn't. Uh, has joined Standard Liège, quietly putting together an incredible career of uh, European experience. Mm. And so hopefully, again, like when her playing days are over, she'll come back and and be a an important voice in the league at some level and in helping our best young players to go and not just focus on the WSL for the future of their career. But anyway, so she's got standard Liège and Nifahi signed a contract extension at Liverpool. Yeah, and, and Nifahi's been on the continent as well. And several of our players have been. Diane Caldwell's mm-hmm. another one which you know would have played a lot of football in Germany. Louise, Louise Quinn, Quinn story is so interesting where she was sending clips to clubs to basically show this is what I can do. And um, it just shows... Now... This is why it's so important, though, that the Women's Premier Division and Women's National League here gets its ducks in a row and make sure that players can develop here. Mm-hmm. And if they want to go off and play in Europe, that's fine, but that they don't have to if they don't want to. Yeah. And then it, it's not all about the WSL. What I can see at the moment is the WSL is becoming so good that it's very similar to what happened with the Premier League where we have players playing in the WSL but they're getting squeezed out of their clubs now and they're starting to appear in the Championship. Now the Championship is still a very good standard but if it keeps going that way then you get a situation like we have with the men's team where there's more focus on developing players here and that's why that goes back to what the FAI were proposing last week when they released their strategic vision that it is so important that if we want like here we are when this World Cup kicks off on the 20th of July it's going to be amazing more than 80,000 people there and we're going to this is class but we have to make sure that this isn't a once off like now is the time and this is why the FAI were thinking uh, it came up that women's football the growth of women's football is just going at a, a, like a rapid rate and we need to be able to keep up with it 
Yeah, and that's why I think at least the document has a plan in place in a way that there wouldn't have been uh, when the team in the 90s broke through. Uh, all right, that's the first of the new official transfer window. We're back. Deal or no deal open. <laughs> Phil, good stuff. Thanks a million. Nice, lads. Hi, Roy. Maddie Taylor. I can see him getting his car. I've decided to go to Bolt and I'm waving him going out the car park. <laughs> just love moving teams and then you have to do an initiation. They just don't seem to be able to get deals over the line. 